Rise and shine. Let's grab some tea because I have a lot to say. Good morning. It's your girl, Olivia, and we are here with another episode of Stream of Social Consciousness, your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. <laughs> and yes, happy holidays, happy new year, all the things. It's been a hot little second since we've been recording um, I went on break from school and just all types of things have been going on, but we back and we have a lot to discuss because per usual, niggas be capping they rap and I'm calling you out on it. I see all you play play girl dads, hashtag, that are also misogynistic and also treat women poorly, and also have double standards. I see you seeing me seeing you. I see all of us seeing each other. Um, so as you probably have guessed from the title or coming from Instagram that today we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Uh, we're going to be talking about mistreatment of Black women, if we want to put it in a nutshell. We're going to be talking about in the wake of Kobe Bryant and his daughter's death, some things that have transpired after, we're going to be getting into the nitty gritty of Terry Crews saying basically fuck everybody who ain't his wife, including his daughters. Crickets. <laughs> and we're also going to be touching a little bit about holes. And dogs, who gets to be one, who gets to look like one, all types of things, child. So let's go on ahead and jump right into the episode. Splash! You have now entered the stream of social consciousness with your host, Olivia Brown. Let's get into it. Y'all like that splash? Jumping into the stream, a little double entendre ting, okay? Um, so I really have been playing with audio over the break and playing with the idea of getting a soundboard. And y'all already know I'm a clown. So me having sounds to just put clownery in these episodes, I don't think you're ready for. But splash, let's get into the stream. So first things first, recently, Kobe Bryant and his daughter were in a terrible accident, terrible helicopter crash. And this crash, unfortunately, left no survivors, including Kobe and his daughter, um, so rest in peace to them first and foremost, sending all the love, light, prayers, and thoughts to their family and to all of you who are grieving the loss of Kobe Bryant. Um, I know it can be very terribly difficult to deal with grief and grief can be very confusing when you're grieving a public figure who you've met, but I would implore all of you to still feel those feelings because they're important. And also, if you are around someone who is grieving the death of Kobe Bryant, be as supportive if, as possible. Um, you can't tell people how to grieve. Be kind. All of the things. So now that we have acknowledged that, basically after Kobe's passing, and after the news broke of Kobe's passing, which, by the way, I am very disappointed in TMZ. I know, what should you expect, yada, yada, yada. But how are you breaking news about something so tragic when the family doesn't even know? That's so tacky. That's so ghetto-like. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but unfortunately, that's the name of their game. But anyway, I digress. Um, essentially, after this news 
broke. All of these people were sharing um, their memories with Kobe Bryant and sharing personal anecdotes. And one such was from a reporter who was talking about how she met Kobe when she was pregnant and he was so excited to talk about her pregnancy. So she asked him for some advice. I'll link this below so you can see, but this is a brief uh, little synopsis. I don't know how brief it is now that I've taken like 30 hot seconds to describe it. But anyway, she was pregnant and talking to Kobe Bryant and he, she asked him for advice on, you know, how to raise a child because he had had three by that point. And she mentioned how he was so excited to tell her about his experience being a father of girls, a hashtag girl dad. Um, and to be honest, this clip in this memory made me very emotional because I have been blessed enough to have someone who is a girl dad. My father is the absolute best. So daddy, I know you're listening. Hey girl, hashtag girl dads and daughters. We out here. Um, but it did make me very emotional because I do have that type of relationship with my father. So I knew exactly what she was talking about, what he was talking about. Um, so in light of the situation, I, that did make me very emotional. Um, and it was very nice and pleasant to see all of these other men coming out and sharing their experience being girl dads, all of these daughters sharing their girl dad stories. Um, and it was very beautiful up until it wasn't because, you know, niggas like to mess stuff up. So basically after finding out about or after the news broke about Kobe's passing. Of course, there are there is more news to be followed and more news to be created. So essentially, there was an interview featuring Gail King and she's interviewing Lisa Leslie. Uh, and this has stirred up a lot of controversy recently. Basically, in this interview, Gail has asked um, Lisa Leslie about her perspective about Kobe, Kobe Bryant's sexual assault or sexual harassment case from, I want to say, the early 2000s. Um, and she wanted to know Lisa Leslie's perspective on it as a close friend to him. So basically a clip was released from this interview um, and what you'll see is Gail King kind of pressing the issue of Kobe Bryant's case um, and Lisa Leslie basically shutting it down, saying that she would like, she would not like that to be associated with his legacy. She doesn't think that that needs to be looming over his legacy Uh and that is the gist of it. Yet another thing I'll post in the description box, the notes, whatever you want to call them. Um, so Gail has received lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of not so constructive feedback from folks who have seen this clip um, and basically taken it out of context. Since, since then, she has responded to the clip. Um, and says that she it was taken out of context and kind of pushes for people to watch the full interview. Um, and she has responded to the clip, but that doesn't take away from all the controversy and all of the 
backlash that she's received from the clip. Um, namely, lo and behold, from the men who were just girl dads yesterday. And we'll get into why that's important, where this hate is coming from. And it's not just them, because Ari Lennox, who we will talk about a little bit later in this episode, has gotten lots of backlash for her response to it as well. But lots of it has come from these girl dads. And they have come up from the sewers and the slums to spew out the most nasty, hateful vile things that they could say to Gail King. Um, is that even that lady's name? Gail King? Y'all be having me saying stuff that doesn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, that is her name. We love, uh, we love knowing people's actual names. That's great. But (laughs) anyway, I digress. Basically, one such comment comes from Snoop Dogg, where he went on a rant and Uncle Snoop called Gail King something to the extent of a funky dog-faced bitch. And that is a sentiment that has been carrying over whenever people have been critiquing Gail for this interview. People are unnecessarily nasty to her or what they feel like is rightfully so nasty to her, but I don't I don't know if it's uh, validated. But they're nasty to her, they're anti-Black to her, they're mis- misogynistic to her. And it's interesting because these are a lot of the same men who are girl dads, and we're posting about being girl dads. And my issue with them and my issue with this, and the reason I specifically cite these men or these types of men who are pushing this or having this reaction to Gail is that you can grieve the loss of your idol. Yes. You can be protective of your idol. Yes. You can do both of those things without being nasty to women. Um, And sure, Gail's interview should not go without it some level of controversy because for me, I think that a lot of what I've been noticing about people's arguments is that the timing, it's just that the timing is poor. The timing is off. You know, it's still fairly fresh. People are still grieving. Why would she do that? Knowing that people are going through their grief process, why couldn't it have been, you know, something a little bit more, lighthearted, focusing on the good, all of that. But, and for me, maybe we can have this conversation, but I think for me, I don't think that Gail was completely out of pocket for asking the question. Sure, you can make the argument about timing and that everyone's grieving process should be honored and respected, especially someone who is a close friend of someone that you're talking about. However, I don't think that Gail was out of line for asking those questions because that is something that happened. We can't act like, we can't move on and move and live the rest of our lives acting like this case and it's good, bads, ugly, and all of its pieces don't exist. And it's unfortunate that these are the circumstances that we have to talk about it. However, if you're going to talk about legacy, 
there are some people who may only know Kobe Bryant for that. There are some people who may only know and respect him for basketball. However, I think Gail was doing her journalistic due diligence in covering all the bases. Was it appropriate? That can be debated. However, in the sense of journalistic due diligence, I don't think that that was completely, uh, I don't think that that was completely just off the wall, out of pocket for her to be asking that. Um, so with that being said, I think the back, the, the extent of the backlash that she's receiving is ridiculous and it's showing who's cap. It's showing who is not as girl dad and not as allied to women and not as all of these things that you said you stood for yesterday, as you say. So the reason I, like I said, the reason I keep bringing this up is because this is a thing that consistently happens. Men and specifically black men will rally around their faves and give all their faves the love and support um, when, whenever they have a mission. Like I, I'm thinking about like Nipsey Hussle um, and how people have like gathered around to support Lauren London and all of this. But something that I always remember that someone tweeted about like Nipsey and Lauren is that do they really, do men really respect uh, Lauren London as a person, as a woman, as a woman who's grieving, or do they, is their respect for Nipsey Hussle kind of pouring over and making them respect her? And I think that that similar, that situation kind of applies here in that people were all for being this girl dad figure, right? And these men were all for showing up for their daughters and their future daughters in that way. But as soon as something happens that they don't agree with, all of that shit is out the window. All of that, let me be an ally to women is out the window. And sure, maybe I'm reaching too far into the girl dad message. Maybe it's literally just about being a good father to your daughter. However, I don't think that you can be the best father to your daughter if you aren't actively being an ally to women, period. And this shows me that y'all don't know how to do the latter. And I see that. And it, it may not even be that y'all don't know, or it could also be that y'all are consistently choosing to not do the latter. But for whatever reason, whenever it's time to show up for women, and specifically whenever it's time for Black men to show up for Black women, crickets silence. It's terrible, your honor. Like, really terrible. And it really does kind of break my heart because it's just kind of like, I, as I previously mentioned, it was so heartwarming to see men say that they're, they want to show up for their girl children in this way. But for y'all to sit here and act like the same rules don't apply with someone that you disagree with, I'm kind of annoyed. I'm going to be honest. You can critique without being misogynistic. You can critique without being an asshole to people. And love me some Snoop Dogg to death, but 
He had no business. He had no authority to get on the internet and call Gail out of her name like that. And none of y'all do, to be honest. Y'all have no business going on the internet and calling this woman out of her name like that for critiquing your faith. I'm sorry. Y'all sound, y'all love to get on the barbs. Y'all love to get on the beehive for snatching anybody up who talks about Beyonce or Nicki Minaj or whoever their stand, their, their person is, but y'all are doing the same thing. Hmm. What a, what, look at double standards. We love when they show up. And I would encourage all of you to watch the full interview because I think that and this is a thing that it happens in general, right? Where Black women handle Black men with so much care to never have that return. And I do think that, yes, that is something that part of the interview is kind of uncomfortable. And I think it's intentionally uncomfortable because that's an uncomfortable uh thing to discuss, especially in tandem with discussing someone like Kobe Bryant, who has been so iconic for people, and that's everybody's fave, and everybody looks up to him, and all of that jazz. But I do think in the full interview that he, for the most part, was handled he and his legacy, for the most part, was handled with care. And it's annoying to me that y'all took that one clip and decided to not handle Gail with care. And I think that that speaks to a bigger issue. Of course, I think that speaks to a bigger issue because that's what the name of the game of this show is. That's what we be talking about. We get into the social consciousness things, okay? But anyway, I think that that speaks to a bigger issue for sure because that's a thing that happens. Black women spend so much time tending to caring for, picking the pieces up for Black men, and what do we get in return? Dust. Pennies. Pennies, if that. Pebbles. uh, Attitudes. You know, it's it's at some point, it, it is frustrating and it is disappointing because it oftentimes does feel that we don't have allies in Black men. And maybe I am an isolated incident, but I know for sure that I feel that way. And I do try to be very intentional about having Black friends and having Black male friends. But even with some of my Black male friends, we have to have the conversation about how they show up for me in the grand scheme of them being Black men and me being a Black woman, what does that look like in, what does that look like in my face? And what does that look like when you're not in my face, when you're with your niggas and y'all talking shit? Uh, what is that, what is showing up for me and Black women look like? And oftentimes it doesn't look like anything. And I encourage Black men and my Black male listeners and Black woman listeners who have Black male friends to encourage them to show up. It's just frustrating that, like, I, as a Black woman, would lay everything on the line to protect Black men. And you've seen this before. You see this with the likes of, like, the Black Lives Matter movement. You see this with the likes of similarly 
black and trans people, people who, black and trans, black LGBTQ people who continuously show up for the black community, another disenfranchised uh, sub-community of the black community, showing up for black men and black people in general to be left to the birds. Why? And it's annoying because it's just kind of like, as a black woman, and I'm sure everyone knows the quote, oh, the most disrespected, neglected, Malcolm X quote, you know what I'm talking about, person is the black woman. And that, that there is a lot of truth in that, but it's also just like, you know that to be true, and yet you don't do anything about it. You're okay maintaining that status quo. And it's frustrating because that is not a thing that black women do for black men. It's not. It's not. And that's not a thing that black women do for anybody. That's not a thing that black women do for anybody. We never like just shut people down and shut people out. And yes, there are people who do, but it's always societally. And you, we can fight about this because history don't lie. It don't lie. But anyway, Black women never shut people down like that. Black women are always the backbones of movements and the backbones of social support, it, even when we're always the, brunt of the, the butt of the jokes. We're always the backbones, but simultaneously always the butts. Make that make, make sense, because it doesn't. And that's how I feel moving into talking about Terry Crews. So essentially... What's going on with Terry Crews is that he's facing backlash for his uh, nonchalant, almost shady attitude to Gabrielle Union. Um, so essentially, if you didn't know, a couple months ago, Gabrielle Union got fired from America's Got Talent. Um, she cites sexism and racism as the issue, as the reason for her getting fired, as well as them telling her that her hair, her hairstyles and the fact that she changes her hairstyles frequently on the show was, quote, too black. Mm. So essentially, after that, um, Terry Crews, who is also on the, was also on the show with her, went and did an interview on one of the late night shows. And he was asked about, um, the sexism and racism that Gabrielle Union, and he basically was like, I can't speak to sexism because I'm not a woman. And I also can't speak to racism because that wasn't my experience. So basically, what happened, what followed after was people saying that Terry Crews threw Gabrielle Union under the bus. And that's almost exactly what it feels like. That is exactly what it feels like. Because here's the thing. And this is what I was saying about Black women being the support, but never receiving it back. When Terry Crews came out as a survivor of sexual assault and sexual harassment, there were countless women, countless Black women standing with him, showing support with him, showing up for him. So my thing is this, even if that was never your experience, you as a Black man in the entertainment industry know, you have to know that it exists. 
You have to know that it exists. And this be my thing, and I talked about this in probably my very first episode with respect to when I was talking about um, professionalism and respectability politics is that there are people that are so, Black people in these places that are so stuck on this idea of maintaining status quo and 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 not shaking any tables and only being about their bag that they forget to show up for people who have shown up for them and they forget to show up period and it's annoying to me and it's upsetting me and my homegirls because ain't nobody treat Terry Crews like that and that's what's frustrating so then a couple days ago He goes on a tweet because he has been receiving backlash from these people because they're equally confused. They're like, girl, Terry, sis, what's tea? Like, why are you acting so stink like this? Um, So he goes on to tweet, there is only one woman on earth I have to please. Her name is Rebecca. (laughs) I'm laughing because this is so ridiculous. But anyway, he says, there's only one woman on earth I have to please. Her name is Rebecca, not my mother, my sister, my daughters, or coworkers. I will let their husbands, boyfriends, and partners take care of them. What? (laughs) Not your daughters, nigga? Not even your daughters? You dead ass? You got on Twitter? You got on Beyonce's internet? On Twitter, on Beyonce's Twitter. Hey, you you tweeted that. Go ahead and log out for me, baby. <laughs> Go ahead and log out for me, baby. <laughs> because that's foolish. That's foolish and that's ridiculous. Because when you were going through your, your issues, you would have been mad tight if someone was like, there's only one man I have to please, and his name, his name ain't Terry Crews, so I'll let his wife, Rebecca, take care of that. You would have looked stupid. Your face would have cracked, and that is what I'm talking about. How does that make sense? How does that make sense? So he, you know, of course, once you get called out, they go on and apologize. He goes on Twitter and apologizes, saying that he should have stood up for Gabby and he should have done this and should have done that. Um, and it's too late. It's too little too late. Is That's how I feel. It's too little too late because it's just kind of like you were on national television. You had the chance to stand up, show up, speak out and show your solidarity. But you, you sat there and said, that ain't my business. And now... You're like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 don't, don't jump on me. It is my business. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't go back. You said what you meant and you did what you said and you said what you meant, did what you said. So you meant what you did. Look at that. We love circles. We love a circle of life, but that's annoying to me. And that whole situation, that whole tweet, all of it is ridiculous to me because it's just like. Yet another example of Black women showing up because it's not like Gabrielle Union just got fired for changing her hair. She got fired for being an advocate. She got fired for trying to open up space for other people, other people of color, because they were actively being racist to her and others and she ain't like it, so she spoke out. That's tea. Well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I wasn't there. But that's what the tea sounds like. Um... So it's not like she just got fired ho-hum 
uh, my, I'm a mind my business. It's, she got fired literally for being an advocate. She got fired for doing the thing that you said that you were going to do, be an advocate. Hmm. T. And it's just annoying. And, and that's the word of the episode really is that it's annoying. It's heartbreaking. It's disappointing that she got fired for this. And you would think that someone who has had and garnered so much social support, so much social support from women to show up for her. And she, and he did not, he basically said, girl, your name ain't Rebecca. So you got a, you got a lot of rocks to kick out of my face. And that whole tweet was ridiculous to me. If I'm going to be transparent because girl, just shut up. Like, I don't understand. Why would you get on the internet and tweet that? Why would you get on? Why would you get on Michelle Obama's Twitter and tweet that on Beyonce's internet? Because it just why? That's your rationale that you couldn't stand up for her because she's not Rebecca, and that Dwayne Wade should be the only person standing up for her. Really? What a terrible take! What a terrible. That's terrible, Your Honor. He's really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't get that. I don't get it. I don't get it. That's ridiculous to me. That's ridiculous to me. And that's ridiculous to me as a black woman who has shown up for Terry Crows. That's ridiculous to me that you could not do the same. And it's not like we do, we take on these advocate roles and we do advocacy in real life for it to be transactional. No, not at all. However, support is also needed and necessary. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I mean every word. Speaking of Ari Linux, let's get into Ari Linux. Cause I, the reason I wanted to make this episode was actually because I wanted to talk about Ari Linux a while back, but I thought it'd be cool and nice and appropriate to add her in the mix of today. So Essentially, going back to what we were talking about, about uh, uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, Ari Lennox is also one of those people who has critiqued the hell out of Gail King. Um, and she is coming under some fire for that as well. Um, people have started referring to her as a hertep. I'm assuming that is the woman adjacent of a hotep. And you know what? I'm going to give it to y'all. Y'all do be quick with the names and stuff, because that did make me giggle and tickle. I've never heard that before, but um, she's received a lot of backlash, um, and she, my critiques for her, my critiques about um, people critiquing Gail also apply to her. There's a way to ensure that your fave's legacy is not tarnished without being an asshole and being unnecessarily nasty to people. And it the same applies to her. She's not safe. However, I think she is, it's a little bit different for her than it is for someone like Snoop Dogg. Because like I said, and I do think that Snoop Dogg has like made a comment or apologized or something like that. Um, Ari Lennox has as well in a very ghetto Tumblr post. I'm not even going to cap. I didn't see the original video of her going off about Gail King, but I saw the Tumblr post and it was just like a mess. Uh, it, it was a mess. It was not a well thought out apology. If it even was an apology, it was very much 
well, I'm sorry you felt that way. <laughs> but I digress. Um, like I said, it's different for her than it is for someone like Snoop Dogg because Snoop Dogg is someone that is respected, is cared for, is a black man and is protected in his black manness. And if we're going to talk about the vulnerabilities of being a black woman, I do think that Ari Lennox, even though she was in the wrong and even though she has apologized to people who have called her out, was in an even more vulnerable position than other critiquers because she's a black woman and she's in a vulnerable position all the time. Um, there isn't any room for her to make mistakes, especially considering um, events that transpired earlier or last the towards the end of last year when some guy got on Twitter and said that her and Tiana Taylor look like Rottweilers. Okay, so let's unpack that. And I know what you're, you're, y'all are probably out there, but Olivia, he said they look like sexy Rottweilers. Girl, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. There is nothing cute in 2020, the year of our Lord, <laughs> the year of Beyonce, to be saying that Black women look like animals. That is... And maybe I'm reaching, but I don't think I'm reaching. I think that that rhetoric and that language is not only played out, calling Black women, saying that Black women look like dogs and horses and all of this, but it's also extremely historically violent, and I don't have any patience for it. And when that happened... I saw the way that y'all, I, I be seeing y'all on the internet, boy. Y'all just be out and, and out and about being bad on the internet. I should, oh, I'm, mm -mm, I'm calling the Better Business Bureau on y'all and y'all Twitters because y'all don't know how to act. But anyway, I saw the, the way that people responded to her response to that. Essentially, Ari got on Instagram live and she was crying and she was very upset about it. Um, and everybody was like, she's so sensitive and blah, 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 blah. And ooh, excuse me, I see my leg up. <laughs> but I think that goes back to what I was just saying about her and black women, period, not having space to experience vulnerabilities, not having space to to be wrong, not having space to be anything less than perfect. And it's annoying. It's especially annoying because she's a dark-skinned Black woman. And I know that that is extremely extreme. You have to know that that is extremely relevant and extremely relevant to why she got that comparison. Because let's be clear, they... I'm light-skinned. I am a lighter-skinned Black woman. And that is not a comment that I would receive, period. And sure, somebody gonna go on my Instagram and be like, yeah, well, you may not look like a dog, but you look like a fucking noodle-headed ass. <laughs> they gonna find something to say. But the point is that she got that comment for being a dark-skinned Black woman. And that is frustrating and telling of the way that y'all view dark-skinned Black women, um, Black women in general, but dark-skinned dark Black women especially, and how 
that is not, that is a double standard that exists within the Black community. That is a double standard that exists, period. Not only amongst uh, light-skinned women, light-skinned Black women and dark-skinned Black women, but also Black women and Black men, period. So earlier in the episode, I mentioned we're going to talk about dogs and who gets to be one, who gets to look like one. There is a tweet, if I can find it, I'll post it, but there is a tweet about something to the extent of a black man being fine AF and looking like a pit bull. And people are like, oh, but y'all just got on everybody for saying Ari Lennox look like a Rottweiler. Ah, which one is it? See, the thing about it is that dogs and animals are inherently associated with masculinity. Um, so when black men are compared, not saying that this comparison is valid, um, and that there aren't negative implications of it, but when black men are compared to animals, it is always to their benefit. You look like a pit bull and you look strong. You look, Ooh, like, yes, you look strong. You look masculine. Whereas if a black woman is compared to a dog, that'll sound like a good thing. And it's not a good thing. There's nothing about that that works in your favor. Nothing that works in your favor about it. And it's disappointing. It always goes back to black men mistreating black women or not completely showing up for black women in the ways that they should because that went on that argument went on for entirely too long about Ari Lennox especially after she explained her feelings and explained how y'all hurt her and y'all go on the internet and still continue to drag how does that make sense how is that fair and sure like I mentioned about her comments, and I don't know the extent of her her tepery, but she people do have these critiques of her, and they may very well be valid. And I saw that apology, and they are valid <laughs> based off of that apology. Like I said, I don't know what else she has done or has talked about that would qualify her for the her tep uh, title. However, what I'm getting at is that. Even in their validity, the critiques, even in the critiques of her, excuse me, let me get the sentence right because I am not using my words well, <laughs> but even though the critiques of her are valid, she's never going to be extended the same amount of grace in anything in comparison to anyone. And that is the unfortunate truth. And you can talk about her and compare the backlash to her and the backlash to Snoop Dogg until you're blue in the face. But I said what I meant <laughs> and I and I meant it. And whether something changes or not, or you could argue that, oh, they're both receiving controversy, it, it's never going to be the same. And you can argue about the extrapolating factors of Snoop Dogg being a bigger artist. But even if you take Snoop Dogg out of the equation, she is never going to have the space to to completely be soft, to be, to be wrong, to be anything because of that. And it's just so annoying. And I feel for her so bad. I really do. Because even outside of like the Rottweiler thing that that man got on Twitter, I hope, I don't know. I hope he got suspended. That's like, yeah, 
that's that's the biggest that's like getting a spanking on twitter but i really do feel for her because even outside of that i was thinking about how um she was very upset about the soul train awards and y'all called her sensitive up and down for that for losing and it's just frustrating because it's like black women can't do shit bro we can't be sad we can't be disappointed we can't be wrong we can't do anything and I understand why sis was like, she don't want to do it anymore because y'all literally don't make space. And this is like the same sentiments about like Summer Walker and how she feels like she doesn't want to do music and and be a public figure anymore because y'all are not making space for these black women, these black women entertainers. And not even that, these talented black women entertainers because Ari Lennox's album, Shea Butter Baby, for better or for worse, is very, very good. I'm not even going to lie. It's very, very good. Go on and give it a listen. Um, And I can understand her frustration in not winning an award because it, it is a good album and it is something that she wanted. She wanted a Soul Train Award. They were like, oh, don't worry. There's always the Grammys. But no, she wanted the Soul Train Award because she made, from her what she says, that she made her album for Black women and for Black people. And to not be honored in that way is frustrating. And y'all got on the internet and dragged her for being sensitive and dragged Summer Walker for having social anxiety and, and dragged both of them for not wanting to do music anymore. But y'all literally back people into a corner. I've seen this happen to so many people. Y'all will back people into a corner until they're fed up and and they turn around and walk away from you. And then you're mad that they walked away after you backed them into the corner. And this is how I feel. And I do think that it's very telling that this is happening to these dark-skinned Black women artists. It is very telling. And I, I do see y'all. And I do see the way that y'all show y'all ass that y'all don't give Black women space to do anything. Like, y'all, y'all find a way to be mad about everything. Y'all be mad when Black women are wrong. Y'all are mad when Black women are right. Y'all are mad when Black women are soft and vulnerable. Y'all are even mad when Black women are out and living their lives. So I couldn't do this episode and not talk about um my good sis, my good sister from the same ranch that I'm a stallion in, Megan the Stallion, laid up with Gerald Earl G-E-Z in Black History Month. And you know what? I'm tired of y'all putting this backlash on Megan the Stallion. And this is what I mean. Y'all, we Black women can't do anything. Black women can't live our lives. Black women can't date without y'all starting some mess. It's like every time y'all see Megan Thee Stallion with the new man. Oh, y'all love posting them scoop, 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 boop, to boop. <laughs> scope out your mama, scope to mama, scope to mana, and bombaclot. Yeah, listen, I'm sick of y'all on Twitter making it seem like bombaclot means uh, tell me your opinion, because it absolutely does not. <laughs> and if you didn't know, you better go on Urban Dictionary, but it absolutely don't mean that. But anyway, every time y'all see Megan Thee Stallion with a new man, it's like, here she go. She always in somebody's face. It's like, she's 24 and she's single. 
like single means you do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> like single does not mean whatever definition of you single that y'all have going on. But single clearly for her means I'm dating. I'm talking to whoever I'd like to. I'm going out and driving the belt. Okay. And I'm minding my business. Now I did have to, I did have to look away <laughs> with her laid up in bed with Gerald Earl. However, if that's her prerogative, let that lady do what the hell she want to do. Like, she ain't bothering you. She Megan Thee Stallion is not bothering nobody, which is why I'm so confused. Y'all love trying to say something about her. And y'all love trying to say something in general. Trying to call her a hoe, this and that. But like she said, it's 2020. I ain't finna argue about twerking. Ain't nobody finna argue with y'all about what dating means and looks like. And nobody has to ask y'all about dating. And that's the same way I feel about Ari. Um, I don't know. What's the lady last name? I don't know her for real. Because to be honest, when did everybody get so invested in G Herbo and Ari's lives? Like y'all know everything and I don't get it because I don't know nothing about them. Like I don't know nothing about them folks. But y'all know everything. I must have missed that class on Twitter University. I must have been sleeping there. Um, but that's my same sentiments about Ari. Y'all get on the internet and Twitter and y'all go up to bat about Ari. Like, I've seen people get on, make full threads dragging Ari, basically saying she's had X amount of men around, quote, G Herbo's son. <laughs> And now that she's dating Moneybag, yo, y'all are just fed up. And I'm just kind of like, okay. Like, I'm trying to look. I, every time I see it, in the first couple of times that I saw y'all writing these think pieces, I'm like, but what's the problem? Like, it's not, I don't, and maybe it's because I missed the class, I missed the lecture, I don't know. But okay, would y'all want her to just sit in the house and, and cry and pray that G Herbo takes her back? Like, no. And so, and my other thing, maybe this is because I'm not a parent, <laughs> but my other thing is just like, y'all are using the son thing, but it's also like, okay, if she is making the decision, if, if she's not putting her son in danger, and she's making the decision to entertain these men, then okay, what's the issue? And my other thing is, hasn't G Herbo had girlfriends? But y'all don't care about that? Okay, very weird, very weird vibes I'm getting from everything. Um, but y'all then go on to glorify and pray to future. Hmm, a man with seven billion kids and 8 billion baby mamas. Y'all love him. And this is all I be talking about. This is what I mean when I say that Black women are not afforded these same vulnerabilities. Black women are not afforded these same opportunities. Like, Black women can't do shit <laughs> at all without y'all magnify glassing, tearing apart, putting back together in whatever way makes sense for you. Because... The only people I see critiquing Future seriously about his lifestyle are women. But y'all niggas pray. Y'all niggas pray to him. That's y'all king and messiah for real. And that's confusing to me 
how how is Megan Thee Stallion, Ari, Lori Harvey, everybody, how is everybody a hoe, but future literally exists? Hmm. Interesting. Just know, like I said, I be seeing y'all, seeing me, seeing y'all. I see the way that y'all act and it's not going unnoticed. I just want better. I want y'all to leave people the hell alone. And I want y'all to let people live, to let people let black women live their lives without all of this scrutiny. And also I want y'all to let black women live their lives while also providing them support. This is kind of what it all boils down to at the end of the day for this episode. If you have sat here for X amount of minutes and listen, that at the end of the day, black women show up and y'all who are not black women need to show up in tandem. And y'all need to provide the space for black women to be soft and vulnerable and y'all need to start calling dark-skinned Black women beautiful without all of these terms and conditions. And y'all need to leave people, namely Megan Thee Stallion, because that's my sister, <laughs> period. Ah. Y'all need to leave her alone. Y'all need to leave everybody alone. And that's, that's just kind of like where I am with all of this is that the common theme, the commonality is that y'all never make these spaces for black women and y'all get so upset when we continue to make the space for ourselves. But black women, this message is for you. Keep doing it. Keep make keep making that space. Keep opening the doors for you and others because they're going to stay mad clearly. And if they're going to stay mad without action, then we can't sit here and just be mad with them. There is still life to live. And eventually, specifically Black men, I want y'all to start showing up and supporting. That's all that we're asking for. Ain't nobody asking you to take me, well, I am, on the $200 day um, and not give me $40. But that, <laughs> hey, that's a whole different debate. The girls on Twitter right now are debating about... Uh, $40 and $200 and dates and who needs to go on dates. My stance is this. Why don't all the people who like cheap shit date each other? Because I am not one of those people. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, I digress. Long story short, make space for Black women and hold space for Black women, period. All of that being said, those are my sentiments. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Stream of Social Consciousness. If you don't, make sure you follow me on all my other social media, namely my Instagram, because then you can see the previews of what we'll be talking about each week. So you can come into class, come into the Stream of Social Consciousness class with your notebook out and ready to learn. And you not not play and catch up, but it's all good. But yes, please make sure you're following me on my other social media. I'm hoping, not hoping, I will be getting on a more consistent schedule with Stream of Social Consciousness. So make sure you're following me for that. And you can check out my website for all of that as well. And you know what? Like I said, make space and hold space for Black women. Period. Point blank. And that's the episode, folks. Peace out.